Hello, everybody. Turn this up in my headphones, Charles. Turning it up. Hello, 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 everybody, one and all. Welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, and not just any fantasy today, because today we are picking up one of our recommendation series episodes, and this one is Mm. our favorite audiobooks in fantasy. Now, Dylan, I know you and I are big audiobook Guys, I yes, usually have a physical book and an audiobook going at mm-hmm. the same time. I, I love audiobooks. I've listened to several throughout my many, many commutes to and, and from work over the years. And I have a short list of some of my go-to favorites. Yes, as do I here. I know we're, we've got our shared document here and mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of overlap. And yeah, I think that's a... That's been the way to do it is kind of have this audiobook going while you're doing chores, having the commute or whatever. Then it's something you can just throw in while you're doing some of this mindless stuff. That's awesome. And then having yeah. the physical book to complement it. If you're if you're trying to read as much as uh, Charles, you and I yeah. try to with these like <laughs> doorstopper wheel of time books and things yeah, like that. Exactly. It's like, uh, you know, it is good to be able to do some chores with it while having this available and yeah i you and i are huge fans of audiobooks we've been audiobooking for a long long time you and i i feel like i've been audiobooking since i was a kid back when it was books on cassette tapes so this is a very near and dear to my heart episode and i'm excited to get into this with you charles because i know that it's it's near and dear to you as well Yes, nothing better. Like one of the things that my my go to listening while I'm in the car is audiobook and if not audiobook mm-hmm. podcast, but audiobook <laughs> usually takes it these days because we have so much to read. And I am just super excited to get into it. And I think the one that we have to start with is the one that both of us would easily recommend as one of our favorite examples of audiobook narration of all time. We've already gone on the record multiple times praising this guy's work. I am talking, of course, about the legendary Stephen Pacey and his work on all of the first law books by Joe Abercrombie. And yeah, no surprise we're dropping Joe Abercrombie right at the beginning, I don't think. (laughs) Yeah. No surprise at all. I mean, I can sometimes feel like we might sound a little bit like a broken record here with all the Joe Abercrombie talk, but how could we not be discussing Stephen Pacey's work here? Because this is literally my favorite audiobook, like my favorite audiobooks of all time for me. And Stephen Pacey does my favorite audiobook work of all time. And I know I, at least... I get a little cagey sometimes about just saying favorite, number one. But for me, this is so far and away the performance that most speaks to me with the book series that is just 
so incredible by Joe Abercrombie, who we love so much and just can't stop talking about here. So I feel like, yeah, it's it's such a strong recommendation from me and I know from you too, Charles, the way that Stephen Pacey just commits and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, my, my literal favorite audiobooks. And I just, uh, yeah, I'm not usually one to just come out and say that that strongly, but I feel it here. Yeah, I agree completely. His commitment to the First Law characters and their voices, it makes it so entertaining. It was Since we've started the podcast, this has been my favorite audiobook experience of all mm-hmm. the books that we've read so far. And, and a lot, like I'd say half of them that have been audiobook experiences for me. And it, it's no contest. The guy commits in every sense and these characters in the first law world are characters they these, some of them can be quite like flamboyant there's lots of jokes that are subtly they're not like he he's able to transfer the jokes that are just like observational and written in the human like in the dialogue and written in the narration but he dictates them in such a way that the joke comes across and it's so funny and he understands the material so well and i just always appreciated that about about his work well said charles and yeah i love what you said there the characters are really characters and and i think of like glockta for example is one of pacey's most impressive performances is with glockta and how he does that he does that lispy sounding voice for glockta in the when he actually speaks but then there's this kind of like internal monologue in italics if you read the text uh, there's italic stuff that's going on in glockta's head directly Mm -hmm. and then there's this different voice that he uses that's kind of a throwback to colonel glockta who is this like big heroic guy who everyone admired and then you have Glockta at the start of the First Law series has uh, since, uh, you know, been tortured and lost the use of a lot of his uh, body parts. He's missing all these teeth. So he talks with that lisp and you just get this discrepancy and it really gets across that the the dissonance for Glockta, just that inner turmoil yeah. that he feels. And there's a character who's always asking himself, why do I do this while he's torturing people? Yeah. So yeah, yeah we'll keep Incredible. it spoiler free in this recommendations episode because we're hoping we can get some folks to give these these audiobooks a try. And I'll say, Charles, you can speak to this really well, I, I know too, because I think you just recently started trying the audiobooks of these, but there's like, both of us read the physical copies before mm. we read the audiobook versions, Correct. and it's a whole nother experience to yeah. re- to read it with the audio, right, Charles? Yeah, this is one of those times where you listen to an audiobook, and it's and it's it's an extra level of enjoyment. Really, it, it, mm-hmm. it's so much fun to hear his performance. It's very entertaining. It's a very fresh modern way of digesting an audiobook this guy commits to characters he moves fast it it doesn't feel like sometimes you listen to these audiobooks from like the 80s and you're just like oh boy this is like so boring but this person is actually giving like it sounds like he's giving the performance of his life which i get it's like (laughs) a great thing because he's just all in even like if there's like romantic scenes 
he's all in. You have to listen to figure out what I'm talking about. But all you audiobook fans know what I'm getting at here. There's moments in these books you're like, man, this guy is not holding back at all. Whether it's, like you said, giving an inner dialogue to a character, a subtly different voice, giving the the way you describe some of the description, because as we've mentioned, Abercrombie can be scathing through the narration about the characters that he writes. And Stephen Pacey is able to translate that, like deliver those lines in a way that just doubles down on that. It's so much fun. And just like the enthusiasm and the range of energy that he gives in these performances make it super exciting and super fun. And some of my favorite audiobook moments that we have you know we've spliced out and used on this show before yes. just because we're so enamored by his <laughs> performance so big props to to Stephen pacey's work on the first law series by joe abercrombie i recommend exactly charles yeah and to your point Stephen pacey is an english actor mm-hmm. he's actually i think his most of his work is in the theater mm-hmm. and He's very experienced there. He's also appeared on TV shows and stuff like that. I, he was on Blake Seven. I don't. I don't mm. know if you hear that. Some other TV show. I haven't either. Um, I'm on his Wikipedia page. Full disclosure. And um, yeah, so he's he's a theater actor, and it does sound like he's giving an a, like a one man play basically yeah. when he's doing these and just. Like you said, Charles, those, those romance scenes definitely stick out and <laughs> yeah. sex scenes and things like that where just the level of commitment is like a person playing all the roles in a play and with a ton of, uh, I, I don't know how to say it, like he's just got, I don't know how he captures so many different voices and mm. so many distinct personalities and he seems to have this ability to just find the voice that you like somewhere deep down knew that character must have, yeah. but wouldn't be able to find it yourself, if that makes sense. Because it's like when we read those physical books, it's like we wouldn't have been like, oh, and Glockta definitely has a lisp and he's definitely talking like this and he's the internal monologue would sound different, but then you hear it and you're just like, yep, that's that's <laughs> exactly what Glockta would sound like. Right. So, oh, Gorst is another one in some of the oh, other. Oh, yeah, Gorst. Yeah, the uh, commitment to the Gorst. The high pitch, in, yeah. yeah in, in some works is really incredible who's got high-pitched voice course yeah so, yeah. yeah so it's like okay this uh, is a character so that you're gonna you're have to speak like that now <laughs> high voice anytime he comes on <laughs> and he will and he will yeah. and he'll give it 110 percent. so yeah i highly recommend like even if you've never read the first lost series before and this is your first exposure to it it's a great place to start with the audiobooks it's like yeah. You know, I highly recommend it. Nothing gets lost in the translation. And I also think that's what makes it such a good audiobook. Sometimes you try and audiobook something. Like I remember I tried to audiobook Malazan and I was like, this is not <laughs> that's happening. A tough one. <laughs> this is not happening. I had to give up yeah. and like go, go back to the books. But yeah. nothing will be lost with Joe Abercrombie's work if, if by uh, absorbing it through audio. So highly recommend. Yeah. Totally agree, Charles. So. That brings us to the next one on our list, and this is perhaps two of the most famous voice actors in the fantasy narration world, beloved by the community. 
tons of fantastic work under their belts, and I believe they were trained in the theater as well originally. I'm talking, of mm. course, of Michael Kramer and Kate Redding, two yeah. icons in the industry. And I'm referring specifically to The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan, which was the way that I first digested the Wheel of Time series was I used to live on Long Island and commute into Manhattan. I had these three-hour commutes every day, and that's how I listened to all books of the Wheel of Time. It just it took months, but I was just it became like Michael and Kramer and Kate Redding just became the voices in my ear and part of my commute. Yeah. And when they were over, I was like, oh my God, it's been it's been like, you know, almost six months and of me constantly listening to these guys and now it's gone. You know, I felt a real loss when those books were over. And that just speaks to their incredible performance and the decision to split up male and female characters with a male mm-hmm. and female voice actor is really brilliant and brings a lot of extra voice to a series that has hundreds, if not thousands, of characters that they need to make voices yes. for. So the fact that they're able to deliver on that is really incredible. And then the fact that they're actually a couple in real life and mm-hmm. have a family, it's just that extra level mm. of wholesome that... I really appreciate. So, I mean, no surprise here to be recommending Michael Kramer and Kate Redding. And Wheel of Time's a great place to go to to get a chance of to appreciate their work if you haven't already. Totally agree. Again, Charles, yeah, that's so well said. And I think uh, it's it's something that is really, really cool that they're a couple like you said and that and you you think maybe that's necessary at a certain point to split the povs across 14 books (laughs) and and that prequel i they probably i'm sure they did that prequel too right Mm -hmm. so it's like or maybe one of them then i don't don't know uh don't quote me on that but for at least 14 books uh, those two have done together for wheel of time and I've listened to a lot of those audiobooks. They're so long that it definitely helps to be able to listen to those. And even if you are reading it, to go back and forth can be helpful uh, and just get a change of pace. And I'll also say that my introduction to the Michael Kramer-Kate Redding duo, Charles, actually was not Wheel of Time because they do the same thing for the Stormlight Archive, which is Brandon Sanderson's, Ah. we've we've said, magnum opus. Uh, You've yet to read that one, Charles, but I might be bringing it in for a friend's pitching fantasy. Who knows? Oh, that's exciting. Yes. um, Yeah. And (laughs) I'll say that it's, it's really cool seeing them balance these voices throughout another preposterously epic sprawling series and i just i don't know there there seems to be no one else quite in the game that people like at that in the game there's no one else quite a as i guess uh um they're the first person people you think of when it comes to these sprawling epic fantasies is what I'm trying right. to say. Mm-hmm. It's like we need people to be able to cover these huge mm-hmm. worlds with pr- more characters than I know I can. I feel like I can keep track of. Oh, yeah. But somehow Kate Redding and Michael Kramer, they find a way to do it. And they do it again with Stormlight. And they do it extremely well. And there's... Yeah, there's so much more we could say, but their voices are just like, yeah. And there's perfect. the there's the Wheel of Time Sanderson connection here as well, yes. right? Because they uh, Sanderson famous for finishing the Wheel of Time, taking over for Robert Jordan after his passing, and then 
Michael Kramer went on to narrate the Mistborn trilogy, which is another one that was part of my commute yeah. that I really love. So at the time, I'm like, is this Michael Kramer guy like the only guy working in the game? But it's just that he's pr- as prolific as Brandon Sanderson in this genre. <laughs> and he's well-deserved as right. well. He's such a professional, and he comes in and can do a wide variety of casts. His voice as Say Zed, which is a main character in Mistborn, I love so much. Mm. He just like really brought that character to life for me. Right. And you know, for those of you, he has all these verbal tics. He has these verbal tics. He talks a little bit faster, a little bit lighter, a little bit higher register, and he always has the tick like instead of I think, I think, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's fantastic. So that performance always stuck in my mind as well. And you know, Mistborn's such a fantastic story to hear it narrated by a pro like Michael Kramer was a really enjoyable experience, and I highly recommend the audiobooks for those as well. And it sounds like you'd recommend Stormlight. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that can kind of go without saying, yeah. I feel like. Uh, uh, Anything yeah, with Michael so Kramer and Michael or Kramer, Kate, Kate Redding, Redding you cannot and, lose. Yes. Yeah. And, and Brandon Sanderson. Yes. So it's like, yeah, incredible. The point views are, again, kind of rotated. I, I love Kate Redding, Shalon, and I love the way that Michael Kramer captures like Dalinar's voice and Cal. So it's great characters and there's, yeah, I guess I'm trying to think of the right word to describe that they are able to do so many different distinct voices where, it, cause I, I think of, I'm sure Pacey could range. too or whatever. Right. Great range. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Pacey could too, but he's not being asked to, cover that span of characters in mm-hmm. the first law book so the thing that sticks out to me is that kramer writing find a way to make every voice sound unique across yeah these able to recall epics. it because some of these yeah. characters they're gone for a long period of time and come back and it's like oh i know who they are by the sound of their voice it, it helps with these series that have tons of characters it's like i know who's talking to who just by listening to how it's delivered by Kramer or Redding. Mm-hmm. And, and that like verbal cue can be super helpful with some of these series. So just another reason why audiobooking some of these series has its advantages. And certainly with Wheel of Time, yeah. with thousands of characters, that kind of ability to help recall some of these characters is super helpful. Yeah. Well said, Charles. So let's move on. This is one that I'm very passionate about. This is a series that I've spoken up for occasionally on the show. It's been a while since I've mentioned it, so I'm very excited to be talking about it today. This is The Magician's Trilogy by Lev Grossman. I love these books. I love this story very much. And my first exposure to it was the audiobook narrated by Mark Bramhall. And this is such a unique performance. The main character, Quentin Coldwater, the the first line, Quentin did a magic trick and nobody noticed. This guy's Mm -hmm. kind of like a self-defeating, you know, depressed in the background kind of guy. And Mark Bramhall's performance, he's kind of nasally, kind of detached, Mm. kind of pulled back. And it's a performance that's absolutely incredible and then when he has to do characters that are like more funny he he 
he has this hilarious delivery for some of these characters that fill these more comedic relief kind of roles and he brings it but he, he just embodies Quentin Coldwater so well in these beginning parts of the narration like if you just listen to like the free sample on Audible or something you can get a sense of this guy's yeah. performance as the narrator in this story it's it sticks out because when you listen to Michael Kramer, he's got that rich, low voice, mm. very dramatic, and you're like, "Whoa, this guy's epic!" They call that a bar. Do they call that a baritone, Charles? You know these things better, right? He's probably baritone? a baritone. I would say is like he can. He's got a really rich, you know, voice yeah. that makes him sound incredible for epic series like wheel of time but for the magician mm-hmm. something that takes place in like modern day new york and it's the the lead yeah. character is kind of a whiny teenager right yeah. it's a different kind it's not like the epic hero of ages it's quentin Coldwater, the kid from yeah. brooklyn so when the you holden have- <laughs> caulfield of fantasy basically right <laughs> right <laughs> so when you have yeah. that kind of a character like it would be almost like a disconnect to cast some. I mean, Michael Kramer would probably do an excellent job. He's a professional, yeah. but his voice would almost be too perfect. If that makes any kind of sense at all. And Mark Bramhall just nails it with this performance. I'm telling you guys, give it a listen to the sample. You get an instant idea of who Quentin is. You're like, Oh my God, this guy's already annoying me, but in like the best way, you know, that's what the whole series is about. This character is kind of annoying, but it's, it's about his coming to terms with himself and all these things. And it's so great. And I, to me, this performance is just so fun. And that's what I like about the magicians by Lev Grossman. Yeah. Uh, you, you grab my favorite talking point about this, which is that first line, which <laughs> I love great first lines. And that one just def- sets you into Quentin Coldwater as a character. Who's this person who, uh, yeah, he's just, kind of in the background doing interesting things in the background but no one's really paying attention to him because he's he's kind of hiding it right so it's like right. when he's like doing a coin trick kind of in his pocket i think and he's mm-hmm. walking behind his friends his friends are dating and he's kind of like the third wheel and, and he's also like he's, crushing on the girl too yes. so he's like you know bummed about he's complaining about that too that kind of thing right but he's just kind of this understated guy dealing with uh, you know, dealing with depressive symptoms, not in the middle of some sort of persistent depressive disorder situation, and it's like he is—he's just trying to get by in this weird. I guess it's like an upper middle class New York life yeah. that he's living, right? And, right. And uh, <laughs> and it definitely there's some stuff that we're from New York, and there's some stuff that speaks to us for sure about yeah. that. And I think that I. I don't know. I always love the way that the audiobook narrator, that's um, Mark Bramhall. Bramhall, yeah. Bramhall. He he just captures that sort of... uh, like malaise is that a word I, that, sure i, I guess it's coming on on we charles on we a listlessness <laughs> there's the yeah 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 uh, so uh, <laughs> i feel like you can just hear that in his voice but he still manages to tell a it still sounds compelling like he's telling story, a yeah. s- compelling story it's like a really good storyteller while still capturing that listlessness and that's really hard to do. I do like how you differentiate him from Michael Kramer, who's like, let me tell you this epic tale with my deep, intense 
voice yeah. and it's like, uh, okay, yeah. You, it's So much of audiobooking is finding the right narrator for that particular kind of story. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next one we'll talk about definitely does that really well, but I, uh, too. And I want to say, yeah, The Magicians, it's perfectly captured by Mark Bramhall's voice. Definitely check out The Magicians by Lev Grossman. Such a great work of literature but this one dylan i have not listened to and you Mm -hmm. have so i think you should take over here and introduce our next audiobook the next one is the king killer chronicle by patrick rothfuss narrated by nick podell and so i've i've read this in multiple formats at this point i usually like switching back and forth now between the physical and the audio and nick podell though to me even when i'm reading the physical book nick podell is the voice i hear in my head for quote and this is a very interesting story because we like to say about the king killer chronicle if you haven't read it yet it is um it's basically a man relaying his fantasy autobiography is uh, a guy named coat who's telling a story about when he was this uh, figure that's become more myth than man is what we like to say mm-hmm. uh, he's more myth than man at this point and now he's retired to this inn, the waystone inn and he's gonna tell his tale and it's it's very interesting because the vast majority of the story then is a man relaying his own his own story of his life and it starts to do this thing when it feels that way where Nick Podell just in my head is Quoth's voice mm. because you know every t- and Quoth himself is a person with a very theatric background from the Edema Rue who, who like put on all these plays and all this kind of stuff. So you buy in that when Nick Podell is doing all these different voices for different characters and all this stuff, it's like Quoth is performing it a one man play style. And it's then those moments are in first person, even though there's a larger frame story that's in third person. And those moments, it just feels like, Oh, here's Quoth telling his story. And you get so lost in the audiobook because mm-hmm. It's literally, yeah, it just feels like Quoth is telling you his story, like you're there in the inn hearing it. And it's such a beautiful way to take in a story with so much lyrical, incredible prose. And something that's interesting about Nick Podell is that he does not have that baritone, if that's what it's called, that deep Kramer-like voice. It's mm-hmm. very distinct. And I do recommend folks, like, give the sample a listen uh, um, if you you know you don't want to go buy an audiobook or whatever just like go to amazon or audible and listen to that sample and see what it sounds like because podell is not what you typically think of with an audiobook narrator it's um he has a much higher pitched voice but he has a very lyrical voice and one that it makes sense that quoth would have as a quoth is a uh, his age is not clear uh, and i don't want to spoil things and i also don't want to give my own nonsense speculations about the king killer chronicle because you can go to plenty of other episodes for that um, <laughs> tons of those. but yes <laughs> so that being said yeah podell's voice it sounds like this kind of what i imagine quoth does not have a deep voice he has this like lyrical singing voice that it uh, is uh, just like beautiful and he can serenade and all this kind of stuff and Podell just sounds like what I think Quoth would sound like and sound weird almost to have this like deep baritone voice for him because he's like this sensitive guy Quoth like this sensitive uh, lyrical guy and I just 
I don't know, that's not how I think of him, but it's so intertwined in my head with how Nick Podell does it. But it's, it's unique, it's distinct, uh, because it's got unique, distinct uh, um, Nick Podell voice reading unique, distinct Patrick Rothfuss lyrical, poetic writing. And there's just something about this audiobook that's not like any other one that I've ever heard. It's, it's right. beautiful. Some of the things that we, like, I've read the Ken Clark Chronicles and loved it, but have never even, I haven't even heard the sample of the audiobook, mm. so I don't know what's in store. But I guess I would say, uh, so one of the things that we champion about King Killer is the prose, obviously, and it sounds yeah. like what you're saying is that he's able to deliver like almost like this lyrical performance that mm-hmm. gives justice to the prose. Because one of the things I'd be worried about is that you can't like digest the great turns of phrases and poetry that is the prose by Patrick Rothfuss when it's being dictated to you in audiobook format. You're saying that's not the case? It just sounds like a poetic reading, almost, I awesome. guess. It's like... Yeah, give it, give it a, give it a go. The sample there, Charles, and maybe the next time we'll reread that series. Oh I yeah, mean, uh, definitely. That's without question, and and I'd love for you to give the audiobook list. And they're very long books too, so I think that they benefit in a similar way. To, I mean, it's a totally different feeling reading those books than reading The Wheel of Time, but they'll benefit from the like you can get a lot more done quicker because we like to. It's a big ask to read a thousand plus page book in two weeks, I, I feel like, which yes. is what we ask of ourselves a lot of times over here. And having that audio book to balance out your physical reading, I just don't think you'd miss anything. I don't think you would. I think you'd just... And, and you listened to Patrick Rothfuss read the Slow Regard Yeah, I was going to bring book, that up. Right? Yeah, he did yeah. narrate Slow Regard, which is only like, you know, four hours long or something like that. Yeah. And I thought it was great. You know, he's got like a baritone voice for sure. And it's just mm. like, how many opportunities do we get to hear the author dictate a story that he wrote? You yeah. know, so it's very fun to to listen to that. And I was going to recommend that, too, for all you Kingkiller fans that haven't given um, Slow Regard a try yet. Audiobook's a great format for that. I have listened to that and I enjoyed it quite a bit. I mean, it's, the, it's Patrick Rothfuss himself. How could you not at least give that a try? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I highly recommend too and Slow Regard Comp that's a book we love it's a book that doesn't resonate for a lot of people not a ton of plot going on in there but uh, it's just a you can tell it's a love it's a labor of love from Patrick Rothfuss and it's a beautiful story and if you love Ari which we we love Ari over here uh, then yes you're gonna I think you'll enjoy that one. But it's a controversial one, but it feels like everything that Rothfuss touches is controversial for some reason. I mean, I don't know. I <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. I understand that people really, people really want the third book. I really want the third book, too. And it's tough for a lot of people to see that Rothfuss published an additional book uh, in between. And I get that. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll just do our Highly thing where we recommend. say, let's, uh, yes, yes, I know, you all recommend your audiobook. Sorry, sorry. Yes. It's a New York uh, Times bestseller, you know, super famous, well-loved yes. series. Cannot go wrong with the audiobook, it sounds like. I'm curious now to you hear can. the performance of both Quote and Quoth, so I have to give it's that a great. try. Yes. Yeah, we can keep it rolling, Charles. Sorry for that. Let's keep it rolling. Tangent. There's a few more here that you put on the list that I have not listened to, so I'll let you kind of drive us through these. Yeah, sure. So the next one, it's 
The next one is The Girl with All the Gifts by M.R. Carey. I hope I'm saying that right. Narrated by Finty Williams. And this one actually won an Audi Award in 2015. And now it's like the audiobook awards. And it won it for Paranormal. And it's it's one of the next couple books that I'm recommending. It's like they're books that you basically, they're very hard to talk about without spoiling anything so uh, I'll just say it's a dystopian feeling paranormal book Uh, I was thinking maybe reading the back of the book uh, it's um, to give you a taste of it but I'm not going to dwell on this one for too long because it's just too easy to spoil and the next one's kind of like that too Um, but it it won an Audi award it's got this beautiful like dystopian feel to it and I don't know there's something about this uh, woman Finty Williams voice that she just gets across that tone and that feel of the dystopia. Uh, I don't really know how to. This was made into a movie, it, right? Like a, yes, it was made into a movie. I do recommend the movie. I think it's good, but I not to be this guy, but I do think the the book is stronger, and the audio book is how I took it in, and it just I don't know. It's this beautiful, almost like I don't know. It's like this almost eerie tone to it mm. that is uh, captured by. I, Finty Williams's voice and uh, yeah I just I, I don't know Let, I'll just leave it at that it's a award winner it's dystopian feeling uh, there's a movie that you can check out and the, the tone is is just perfect for it awesome that sounds great and then there's one yeah. more here that you have yeah Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro hope I'm saying his name right narrated by Rosalind Landor and it's another uh sort of dystopian feeling book with a a, a narrator who she just gets across that tone. It's more of this one is a first person recounting of their, of a person's story. And you kind of get to hear things unfold over time and figure out what actually is happening. It's this, uh, it's taking place in England. It's got this uh, wonderful British narrator, or at least she's doing a fantastic British accent if she's not British. And yeah. it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's got this school setting. Again, it's dystopian. And there's this interesting balance of uh, almost normalcy with which the narrator conveys the story, as well as like an awareness of some of the more messed up things that are happening. And I, I love these first-person audiobooks because it really starts to take on the, like, oh, I'm being told a story by the main character. Oh, and yeah, this one true. does that. Yeah, yeah. It's So, yeah, I, again, I don't... Oh, I want to give a shout-out to the Green Team podcast, the Legendarium Green Team, because that's where I first heard about this book. It's got existential themes uh, hmm. and uh, romance and things like that. I think a lot of people would love it, and it's just a fantastic And this was a movie, too, also, right? Yeah, that one I can't... Uh, I don't feel strongly about recommending to people because <laughs> I started to watch that, and it just felt to me personally like it didn't quite get the point of what the book was about but Mm. that's my own taste Um, it happens go for it if you want it just wasn't for me but the audiobook is audiobook fantastic (laughs) highly recommend and then this one this next series coming up is one that we both listened to via audiobook and talked about long before friends talking fantasy was ever a thing i remember i was living in new orleans at the time when i was listening to this Mm -hmm. and 
just like while I was doing other things, like going to the gym or going walking around, whatever. And I was just enraptured by this series. You know, it's it's a, just a fun fantasy romp, but it's yeah. you know a modern story, and it, it as in it was re- written semi recently. I'm talking about, of course, the famous Raira Revelations by Michael Sullivan, narrated by Tim Gerard Reynolds. And this is one like Royce and Adrian. These guys are a classic buddy duo, high charisma. They get into all kinds of shenanigans. And hearing the performance by Tim Gerard Reynolds, you really buy into that. And it he makes it fun. And he makes those characters super yeah. likable. I mean, Michael Sullivan's dialogue and, uh, you know, his narration, banter. Is, his banter is incredible. But it's transcended by Tim Gerard Reynolds' performance. Performance, and that is such an important thing to nail for a book like Raya Revelations. And it, although it's been many years since I've digested this story, I still remember that performance and think very highly of it. Well said, Charles. Yeah, you said the F word there, fun, which <laughs> is I, totally what defines Tim Gerard Reynolds' performance in this audiobook for me as well. I was actually down, I was staying with my parents down in Florida when I was listening to these, and I was real sick, like had strep throat, actually. And mm. these books just, I just sat there in my bed, lied there in the, my bed listening straight through with these books, and it really helped me get through through that because they are so fun and I lost myself in the witty banter and all the exchanges with Royce and Hadrian and yeah Tim Gerard Reynolds you can just tell he's enjoying himself when he's telling this story and it's hard not to enjoy yourself with the Raiera revelations and if you do want to hear us talk more about that we had an awesome conversation about why we love the Raiera revelations Mm -hmm. with Peter the Swordsmith and he's a great reviewer uh, as well so great insight uh, into death, the right yeah. revelations as well fantastic insight and drop some great lines <laughs> turning the screw turning right the, yeah he's got some great isms there that I, yeah i was very impressed by so definitely check that episode out i'm glad we got to talk right here revelations because it's one that we read a long time ago that we talked about in depth a long time ago and we have strong feelings for mm-hmm. and we were able to to bring that into the show so yeah agreed i didn't know that that you you listened to that straight through while you were sick that's a great yeah. story i'm glad you're feeling better buddy <laughs> yeah that was a few years ago strep throat doesn't uh, doesn't last that long charles but thanks for checking in i sure, appreciate sure. you this was right after i was this we talk about this sometimes right after i just immediately was like charles check this thing yeah, out you recommended it to me which yeah. is how i read it yeah, yeah. And Mistborn was the reverse, by the way. We talked about Mistborn very briefly earlier in yeah. Michael Kramer's performance. But I'll say that's another one. I, I was visiting you in New Orleans when I was reading Mistborn. And yeah. you and it, and Mistborn was you. You were the first of us to get into Brandon Sanderson, mm-hmm. and you were like, "Dude, like, get like <laughs> got a long get drive on back, this right? train." <laughs> yes. So I drove back from New Orleans. So I drove to New Orleans with you and Chris, your your twin brother. Yeah. And I think we were just hang out, talking, doing our nonsense the whole time. Uh, but then I drove back from New Orleans, and that was when I was living. I was living down in Florida at that time. So that's a long drive, New. Orleans to Florida and then the way back I just listened I lost myself in Michael Kramer's Mistborn and I listened all the way through so these audiobooks I guess they bring up when I think of reading books it's a less like 
I guess there's like less, you're usually just, that's the thing you're focused on. Right. But with these audio books, they bring me back to it. They make you like recall in a different way. Where you you're like, listening. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So I remember I would like at night uh, after like before bed, I would like read the Kindle version of Mistborn at your place in New Orleans. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, long drive back, audiobook the rest of the way. And I got through so much. So awesome. audiobooks, just yeah. love. I mean, it's yeah. so awesome. They bring up these these memories. <laughs> this is so good. And Rayera yeah. does too, for sure. Yeah. I, I yeah. recall my time in New Orleans with Rayera Revelations, you recommending to it, me being like in the gym fussing around i didn't have bluetooth headphones at the time so i was fussing around with my airpod like my iphone yeah. uh, headphones as yeah it's good good times good times but this next one though is in recent memory because i read this story this short story while you know part of the show not that long ago we we did a, yeah. an episode dedicated to this short short story but we had so much to say on it that it became a full episode it's The Paper mm-hmm. Menagerie by Ken Liu, and this is one of the stories in his collection of works called The Paper Menagerie and Other Stories, or something like yeah. that, by Ken Liu. And, exactly that. Um, yeah, we read the titular story, loved it, and the there is a free audio track out there narrated by LeVar Burton for this story that I have not listened to, but I feel comfortable endorsing because the story's so good and LeVar Burton is an entertainer and a stand-up guy. And But Dylan, you have actually listened to it. Right, yeah. On my third read of The Paper Menagerie (laughs) by... Yeah. (laughs) I can't get enough of this one. Because this is like a heart-wrenching story and Mm. people who've been listening for a while probably know that uh, uh, for whatever whatever psychological reasons that you can speculate on, I seem to seek out stories that cause me uh, uh, distress. And the paper menagerie causes distress in the best way, which is just freaking heart-wrenching and yeah. tender and raw. And I have, I have cried from reading it twice, and I had... Uh, the la- the most recent time, the third time, which was the time we read for the show, I think I did LeVar Burden's uh, narration of it. And it's so good. I mean, it's LeVar Burden, so it's and LeVar Burden reading. So I think it's like it kind of goes without saying, like you're like you're getting out there, Charles. You don't really have to um, <laughs> you don't really have to have it's an easy heard <laughs> it to know. Yeah, to know that it's going to be good. But I have heard it. And yeah, I just remember that time it was like I just read it again recently and just single tear going down <laughs> while the far burden told me the end of the story. And he's you can tell he also talks, I think, some on it afterward about his own like how he personally connects to the story. Right. And oh. it's yeah, it's a beautiful telling. You can tell it means a lot to him and you get that wonderful Lavar Burden touch in addition to mm-hmm. that incredible Ken Liu story. Free, so what more could you ask for? Of hours, free. So yeah. all those reasons too. I mean, terrific. Right. I like if I had like a how long is the track? Like four hours, five hours? I'd be tempted to listen to that if I knew I had Oh like no, a, it's so short. It's so short. It's like it's, um, it's a handful of hours. It's not even four. See. Yeah, no, it's like, no, it's not. It's like at one, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll try to find it while we're doing it. It's definitely yeah. worth it for sure, especially if you're just looking for something free and quick. And yeah. Like if you're just in the mood for a story and a short 52 story. 52 minutes, Charles. Oh, 52 okay. minutes. Super short. 
That's awesome. It's probably shorter than this podcast is. <laughs> and it's LeVar Burden's voice instead of mine. Uh, so. <laughs> and it's the paper menagerie <laughs> yes. instead of our ramblings. It's like an, right, award, exactly. it's an award-winning <laughs> piece of literature. <laughs> Yeah, that's so. like the first one to ever, I'll probably butcher it, but it was like the Nebula, the Hugo, and one other or something like that. The first work of fiction to win all three awards. It's just so a great like, story. Yeah. So highly recommend listening to that. Then go back and listen to our episode where we discussed it because <laughs> yes. it's all good stuff all around and all free too. So I'm, it's just a lot of great content circulating out there on the internet. And another... Uh, piece of content here i can't say i'm not familiar with never read it uh the Mm. gentleman bastard sequence i guess dylan that's a trilogy that's like a fantasy story by an author named yeah is that say scott lynch scott lynch am i is that right I, I've you never read the story, Charles. so I, I don't know no. what I'm saying here. Yeah, The Lies of Locke Lamora is the first book. Uh, it's hmm. You might be familiar. So, okay, it's narrated by Michael Page. And you might be familiar with this story because of the online petition to get you to read it uh, by hmm. Benjamin at Literature and Lo-Fi. <laughs> uh, you, remember that, you remember that petition, Charles? That I do remember signatures. a bunch of people telling me to read the story. Haven't gotten around to it yet, though, but it sounds good. <laughs> I'm working on it, guys. It's, yeah, it's, it's, we had... <laughs> j- <laughs> I do. I am aware it's that there is an online that, petition that is trying to get me to read this story. So all these people have to listen. Like we just did that. I'm very, very excited to get into the band series Kings of the Wild that by Nicholas Eames and stuff like that. But even that one, which a lot of people love, are very excited about, got some comments of people being like, when is... Charles going to realize why is it so hard to make happen? (laughs) It's like, because I don't know, there's some sort of mental blockage going on there. Who knows what's happening? (laughs) But uh, yes, the lies of Locke Lamora. If you, if you do ever decide to actually read this, Charles, and I, Mm. this is, I will be bringing this to friends pitching fantasy. That is. Well, there we go. Yes. And uh, this series, it's got, some of the best dialogue for me that I've ever read in the entire genre. And it's witty, it's dark, it's funny, it's all these things. And there's something about Michael Page's performance that's able to capture this dark, somber tone while also having this witty banter. Mm. And I think that it's something that you, as a Joe Abercrombie fan, Charles, I feel like you would appreciate is like some of these really dark moments and dark tone with these witty moments and there's some i don't know michael page just it captures the mood of this book extremely well and lock lamora as a character and uh, it's it's one of those things that uh, sort of what i was talking about with the king killer chronicle where you start to make the voice of the main character just to you sounds like the reading voice almost in like of the narrator and Michael Page, he's just, he nails it. And I really think it would be, I highly recommend to all folks, whether you've read the Gentleman Bastard sequence already or not, it, to check out these audiobooks. Michael Page is just a wonderful performer in this, and it's a fantastic story. The Gentleman Bastard sequence by Scott Lynch, narrated by Michael Page, sounds pretty promising stuff. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, maybe I'll check it out one day. It sounds good. Sounds good. We we, we do have, Charles, we do we are glutton you know, for punishment. You're we hear the people. Punishment. We're making you know Dylan's gonna pitch it. Hopefully that's what it's gonna take for us to read the series. So get on him, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but I Get think we'll, we'll wrap it up with one last series here. And this one to me feels rather timely because we just did a discussion on one of these books with the lovely people over at Fiction Fans Podcast. And a trailer just dropped for season two of this widely popular television show. But before there was a TV show, before there was a Fiction Fans collab, before there was a video game series, there was the Witcher series. And the audiobooks are narrated by a voice actor by the name of Peter Kenny. And he, you know, this series all hangs on Geralt and the voice of Geralt and Peter Kenny just brings it. He nails that gravelly, low, stoic, yet also conflicted, thoughtful vocal performance of Geralt of Rivia, the titular character, the Witcher himself. And this is a character that I love and I champion all the time. I've gone on record saying he's often misunderstood and that there's so much more going on in this character that kind of gets lost in the translation i think from polish to english but and also just how he's become this super popular video game character too so um but yeah i feel like this performance in these witcher series that peter kenny does of Geralt is the performance that a lot of these other performers including henry cavill kind of base their own voice for Geralt on i i um i know this like audiobook was released before Witcher 3 but not Witcher 1 or 2 the video games so i'm not sure how like who influenced who but certainly this Peter Kenny vocal performance of the last wish in like 2014ish was like just so what I think of as quintessential Geralt, and it's really a trademark voice. It's got the gravelly, almost slightly supernatural feel to it, but still very intimidating. And also when he's, there's moments when he's talking to children or friends or family, he's got this very touching side, this very like exposed side of his voice, this vulnerable side that just grounds out this character in a way that just the books don't do a full justice of and Henry Cavill's performance does an excellent job of it I will say and I, I can see the influence Henry Cavill's doing his own thing but Peter Kenny Peter Kenny's vocal performance is fantastic and I mean I could go on all day talking about the Witcher and the Witcher series and you know his his, his vocal performance for Jasker or Dandelion whoever you ask mm. is really great too <laughs> there's this whole thing where they're like trying to catch a fish he's like oh we'll catch it and, and use its head for soup you know he's like gives such a <laughs> great performance that you know i kind of miss reading it or i miss in the books or the video games or something this like funny dialogue and the willingness to go there is is so great you know he has to voice all these kinds of creatures and things too all these different mythical mm. beings and political figures and all of that so he does a great job i've listened to the entire series I would definitely recommend The Last Wish and The Sword of Destiny for sure. And if you like those, then mm. finish the series. But I do think that those two are the best that 
the Witcher series has to offer. So, and they are the introduction to the Witcher, and I think it's the format that best fits like the narrative style of what Andrzej Sapkowski, the author of these books, was trying to achieve. Because it all is inspired by fairy tales, like a grim fairy tale kind of mm. uh, telling. So the fact that these are like these short stories add to that. So, I mean, I just highly recommend, and I could rant about it for days. You can hear me on Fiction Fans and on our own mm-hmm. podcast ramble on and on yes. about it. But for now, just know, highly recommend, if you want to hear Geralt, like early inception of the voice of Geralt, check out The Last Wish, narrated by Peter Kenny, written by Andrzej Sepkowski. Beautifully stated, Charles. I always love hearing you champion The Witcher. You're such a good <laughs> proponent for this series. Well, now and, that it's a yeah. popular video game and Netflix series, I don't really have to that much. But <laughs> yeah, but you've you've been all in on The Witcher for a while, and I, I you got me into it. I definitely enjoyed reading The Last Witch, The Last Wish, and The Sword of Destiny, mm-hmm. and I I bounced back and forth between the audiobook and a physical copy. Oh, you did catch and some of the audiobook. I caught so okay. yeah, it was mostly physical, but I caught I think I was listening there's there's a part where Peter King was singing. It was like the oh. um I'm trying to remember. There's that story where there it starts off with like a king falling in love with a like oh, a mermaid a, oh, or something? Oh, yeah. A tree knots or something like that. She knots. <laughs> sure, yeah. And they're singing, and I was like, oh, okay. Because to speak is... like a mermaid, you have to sing, yeah. and Geralt is a, the least likely yeah. guy to sing ever. So he's trying to speak to him. He's like, she knots. <laughs> he's yes. trying to say he loves you. Like, I can't do exactly. it. I'm not an award-winning you're na- vocal No, you're nailing it. You're nailing it. Like, that's the kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's a great story. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So that was a fun one. A Little Sacrifice, I think it's called. Yes, A Little Sacrifice. Right. The commitment to do Geralt gruff voice, (laughs) which, like you said, I do think Henry Cavill probably modeled. I don't know. It it was interesting to hear the audiobook after watching the Netflix series because I was like, this is like the same voice that (laughs) Cavill is doing. So it does feel that way. And also then to for Peter Kenny to have the commitment to sing in Geralt voice while doing this like, okay, you're you're going in and that's what we love to see. So <laughs> I highly recommend those audio books as well. Uh, Charles always does a stronger job uh, with this series, but uh, I'll definitely throw my hat in the ring of recommending that one. No, I'm glad that you heard it. Yeah, that's a fun one, a, a little sacrifice. You know, not... Yeah. Not the most exciting, but a great a great story nonetheless, and a great seg into, you know, the fiction fan stuff and the, the trailer that just came out. You know, the witch it's yeah. a very t- exciting time to be a Witcher fan, and I will say like the first season of the show takes a lot from the short stories of The Last Wish and some from The Sword of Destiny, so you can't go wrong if you watch the first season of the show and that's your or and you played the video games and that's your entire exposure. There is an extra like rewarding experience in these books and the audio books and you get to get more into the world of The Witcher and it almost kind of boosts your understanding and appreciation of the show and the game. So highly recommend for all you Witcher video game or Witcher TV show fans out there to give these a try. And with that, well guys, said, Charles. I, thank you. And I think we've done it all. Is there anything else you want to say about these audiobooks, Dylan, before we wrap it up? 
I th- I'm just thinking that there's so many more that oh, it yeah. might be worth us doing another. Uh, we have <laughs> we have all sorts of episode formats and stuff to do here, so I'm sure it might be a while before we get back to it. But there's just a bunch of audiobooks that are still coming up in my mind, and I'm right. sure for you too. I mean, I'd be down like, to open it up to Twitter and get some recommendations ooh, too, because I'm always looking for new stuff. Because I, like yeah. I said in the top, I love audiobooks and listening to audiobooks it's like a part of my ritual <laughs> every day so yeah. like if there's ones that people recommend that i haven't tried i'm always down you know there's a, sometimes when we open up the recommendation series it might have a little bit of selfish intentions because i'm like I, I want some stuff for my yeah. tbr you know <laughs> like come on i want to know yeah. what people are out there listening to so i feel like that might be in the cards in the not too distant future and then if we can sneak Beautiful. some of our own in on top of that you know any excuse we have would be great but yeah i'm not going to commit to anything idea. right now on the show but i think that's a very strong possibility yeah i would love to do that it's been a while since we did one of those call for rex we're probably due and yes we are and i say that i say that like it's not my responsibility <laughs> you're the social media <laughs> yeah, guru you champion these things like, but you know it's it's fine we, we, we it's been a while it's been a while a, who, yeah what's happening okay. <laughs> i it's i i'll get on it <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, we'll come up with something to throw out there into the Twitter sphere. But um, for now, I think it's been a long time coming to get that sweet, sweet outro music out, Dylan. What do you say to that? I want to drop a Geralt like singing voice, but I don't have enough confidence in my singing voice and be like, tell you in that voice to play that sweet, sweet outro music. But instead, I'll just say, play that sweet, sweet outro music, Charles. All right, let's get that outro music pumping. Thank you, everyone, one and all, for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. If you like what you heard today, if you've liked hearing some of these audiobooks, perhaps, or have some recommendations you want to send our way, well, the best place to support us and the best place to communicate with us is over on Twitter at the FTF Podcast mm. with the number one at the end, and on Instagram at the FTF Podcast. And Dylan, if they like what they heard today and they want to support mm. the show even further than their support on social media, and they just so oh. happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, what can they do? Toss five stars to our podcast. Just find that Friends Talking Fantasy page on the Apple Podcast app. Click the Friends Talking Fantasy page, scroll down past all those episodes until you start seeing stars. Once you're seeing stars, the optimal number of stars to click in order to support the show would be five of them. If you have a little bit of extra time, then writing a review is extremely helpful for a podcast like ours. But just listening just is more than enough. Thank you so much Thank for doing that. Thank you so yeah. much for listening to this episode. We greatly appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends.